This is the Employee Experience and Education Podcast, the teacher retention podcast for school leaders, and I'm your host, Eric Brainstetter. In this podcast, we'll speak with educational leaders, former educators, and industry experts to better understand the employee experience in education. Our goal is to equip school leaders with realistic and actionable strategies to keep more teachers in the classroom. On this episode, we'll speak with Trevor Gertzen, former president of the Kansas Principal Association and NASSP Digital Principal of the Year. He's also a current education consultant at Generation Esports. Today, Trevor shares how his internal burnout and stress led to him stepping away from the principalship and the important advice he would share with his younger self. Trevor also shares the lonely nature of the principal position, the many negative internal thoughts that almost led to the worst possible outcome, and how a text message changed his life forever. Trevor, thanks so much for joining us today. Can't wait to hear your story, hear about the kind of where you were in education and where you are right now. But before we get to that, do you mind talking about yourself a little bit and how you became an educator in the first place? I became an educator because of a uh, a little little soccer team I coached when I was uh, 17 years old in Aurora, Nebraska, and because of uh, a student athlete on that soccer team, actually, little little Carter. Um, and I, I realized early on that um, coaching and helping kids uh, is an absolute blast, and there, there's so much reward. So that's probably like my origin story. Eric is uh, coaching the soccer team when I was uh, when I was in high school uh, in little rural Nebraska. But um, I uh, yeah went to went to college. Actually, when I went to college, I went there to be a preacher originally, and then switched to education after a, a short stint. Um, and I was a middle school teacher for uh, nine years uh, up here in the Kansas City area. I taught social studies, language arts. Uh, and within that time, I got my national board certification, um, which is probably one of the one of the best experiences I've had as far as professional development was getting and becoming nationally board certified. Um, from there, I went on to uh, spend a year as a national board coach. Uh, with the school district I was at, and I mentored first-year teachers. So I had a, a caseload of 14 first-year teachers in the school district I was at, and I would travel from building to building, coaching them, working with them, hearing their adventures and challenges, um, and really trying to understand what's going to allow them to stay in the profession. Um, worked with an organization called the New Teacher Center for for a little while and became a, um, a an instructional coach or a new mentor certified coach. And so um, really learned a lot about coaching teachers, uh, both on the pedagogical end, but really more on the, like the, the support end of how to help those first year teachers find success. And um, it was actually during that time that I realized I really wanted to get back to working with kids. And so um, a school just a little bit south of where I was was looking for an assistant principal. And I thought, let's let's give it a go. Um, I'd always wanted to be a principal, um, but I'd had some really, really good experiences with students and families when I was a teacher that made me stay in the classroom uh, for the for the nine years that I did. And then uh, and really even before that, I was a substitute teacher a year before that. So that that's a whole nother experience. If you've never been a substitute, uh, you know, a substitute teacher is spot on. It definitely helps you understand uh, the importance of preparing for a substitute when you are a substitute. Um, yeah, so from there, from being a, a sub and a, a teacher, and I coached football, basketball, wrestling for, for 10 years in the school district, um, just it kind of went back to that, that, those beginning interactions with uh, Carter on the soccer field to be a coach. 
absolutely love coaching, loved the, uh, the competitive aspect of it. Um, seeing, uh, young men and young women grow and thrive. And, uh, then I went into that instructional coaching world, national boards, and then, uh, an assistant principal and principal for six years. So, um, I just recently, uh, pivoted from that world of being directly involved in as a school administrator to uh, now I serve schools through esports, uh, and I can definitely talk more about that kind of as we go. So uh, I look back on 17, 17 years of working directly with schools, and now I work a little more indirectly with school leaders uh, through, like I said, the esports world. No, that's great. And a wide range of experiences as well, going from the coaching side to helping new teachers to be a, an administrator. I know, Trevor, you have a, a lot of experience with burnout, both helping others with burnout, but also dealing with it yourself. In fact, you told me offline that while in the principal role, you were spent, I think those are the words you use, you were spent both physically and emotionally. Can you talk about that a little bit? Take us through your journey of administration and how you got to that point. I, I never, yeah, yeah ha- happy to. I, I'm getting more and more comfortable talking through why I, I stepped away. Um, and I never planned on it. Like when I when I went in education um, as a principal, I really kind of thought I'll, I'll I'll be a principal for a while. I'll be a curriculum director. I'll be an HR and and maybe onto that assistant soup uh, superintendent world at some point. Like thinking that's that's kind of the trajectory. And in many ways, I, I was totally on that path. Um, had actually just won a, an NASSP Principal of the Year awards. Um, was our, our Kansas State's Principal Association president. Um, had just been named the principal of the new middle school that we were building. So as, as I told my mom, I'm going to get my name in a bronze plaque that says uh, first principal. And uh, for a kid that school was not easy, I, I did not do well in school. I really struggled, really struggled as a student in school. I was not a great, um, I was not a great one. Um, it was pretty exciting to, to, to feel like the successes had been there and, and the, the people I'd met along the way and totally because of other people. But I, I remember after about a month of being an assistant principal that um, the responsibility of being a principal is so much greater than, than just working with students. Um, it was a huge component of working with, with the staff. And you kind of know that going into it, but you don't feel the weight of that until you are the one that is helping other other young people make life decisions. I'll never forget talking with a, a teacher about a marriage decision they were making, talking with them about like um, the first home they're going to buy, which yeah, like you love that kind of stuff. It's like fun and exciting, but um, it, it really starts to, to create a, a significant amount of um, pressure upon you to realize that not only are you supporting your students, um, but you are supporting your staff. Um, and then the more you get into a community for a lot of parents, you become their, um, man, their, their counselor. Um, the number of parents that over the course of time would, would lean on you for um, <laughs> marital support and advice. I mean, um, life support and advice. And, and like I said, I, I went to college originally to be a preacher, so I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't mind those things. But I never realized, Eric, the amount of... Um, I don't know if the word that you talk about, like you think about your your own um, your own energy tank and like how much that pulls from it. Um, and if you're constantly being that's being pulled from you and never being fully refilled, um, it can be it can be exhausting um, in a in a unhealthy way. 
my my first year uh, as an assistant principal, this is in January. Two things happened in January. One of which I had I had a parent, um, her son had just gotten in a fight and like he had started the fight through the punches, had it on video, pretty clear as day. Um, like it wasn't even a question like what happened here, but um, I did like a like a a one day out of school suspension or something because that was like what our standard policy was. Like I'm just a young assistant principal, I'm just doing what I'm told, and call my superintendent. He's like, "Yep, send him out." I'm like, okay. So I write it up. Uh, parent comes in, literally tears it up and throws it at me. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, I guess we didn't get off on a great foot. Hi, I'm Trevor. Um, j- your son punched somebody. I-, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, that's not okay. Well, it's not his fault. And like, that was the first like, whoa, okay. Um, I guess this is this is my fault that your child punched somebody in the face. Um but then, like, not a week later, um, I end up having to do CPR on a uh, on someone in the front office of my school. Um, in my office, guy literally collapses in the front office, and I have to do CPR on on somebody. Um, and like, you, you you talk about like moments you'll never forget. Uh, doing CPR on that man, and then um, th- thank the Lord he 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 came back. Um, but I'll also never forget, like I had an IEP 30 minutes later. So yeah, I just finished that experience. Then it's like, well, um, I guess I'll like go do the IEP now. Um, like no debrief, no conversation, no, like, Hey, maybe we need to like take some time to process that. Um, it's just like right, right back to work. And so, um, I say that to say like those things just continue to to just kind of pack in or or even kind of suck the 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 energy away and and I don't think I realized it at the time what was happening to me because you kind of you just keep driving to the next thing the next event the next activity and you just kind of bury um a lot of those experiences without ever really talking about it um, I mean, just, just recently, I don't, I don't know when this is going to come out, but they're, they, um, if you watch NFL football, the, the gentleman that went into cardiac arrest at the, the, the bills game, Demar Hamlin and thinking about like them giving him CPR and bringing him back. And I'm like, I, I can relate to that. Like I can relate to doing that experience. And they're talking about like, how all those players just needed time to like, so they canceled the game, which I fully get. And I'm like, my wife turns to me and she goes, didn't you like finish the day? I'm like, yeah, I just kind of like went back with the rest of the day. Like nothing had happened, even though who that, that just happens. Um, so like really when I look at my six years, it was experiences like that time after time after time that um, really kind of came came to a head for me um this past march march april may um and not that i don't feel like i endure it and we did some incredible things like incredible things at the middle school and i'm so proud of the work we did and the teachers and like just so many cool things that happened um but everything kind of came to a to a um almost a a crux of a moment of i'm gonna have to do something different uh, and I'm going to have to make a change for my career because I can't continue. Um, I can't continue taking and 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 doing doing this work at the rates in which I was doing it. Um, and in many ways, like 
didn't have significant parent issues. For the most part, things were good within the building. I'd say we had a, a really positive, energetic school culture. Um, but as a building leader, when you feel like you are the the only one that is responsible for driving that bus, um, and honestly, like I, I think I told you this before, I had to quit following a number of um, principals on Twitter because um, you just kind of get this complex of they got it all figured out, and here I am, like. I can't get my student discipline figured out, or I have two staff members that are angry at each other and I can't seem to like figure this part out. And, um, or even if you feel like you're handling situations well as they come, there's always that next situation. There's always that next event. And um, I'll, I'll never forget a, a, a handle a situation that I felt like we'd handled it quite appropriately, like done well, but had, had a parent just every every word they can throw at you which as a principal you're prepared for that like you know someone's going to tell you and, and i want you all to all, use all the language on here but it's a pretty colorful things and and calling us names and like just i mean he was calling me a racist and all of my staff are racist and you're a horrible terrible leader and just boom 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 and you're gonna hear from my attorney and and i'm like all right we're, we're cool like end up kind of like later that day talking to the parent through what exactly happened the next day is like, Oh, you're doing a good job. I was just upset. I'm, I'm, I shouldn't have said those things. You're actually doing a great job. You're, you're fine. And it's like things like that just kind of continue to, to hit and happen that you, um, I don't think you realize the, the weight of all of those, those comments and situations and activities. And, um, it, 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 <laughs> It's like I said, it slowly got to a breaking point for me as a leader. So I'll, I'll pause there for a second. No, it's good. I appreciate that. I know it's hard to reflect verbally and share stories with the world. So Trevor, how, how long did it take you to get to that point? Or how long did it take you to realize, okay, I'm getting burned out. I'm getting stressed. This is taking a toll on me. Is Did you realize that pretty early on and did you deal with it? You said it kind of it build up, right? It, it was really in my in my fourth full year, and I'll never forget being actually sitting with my counselor, and it's almost like she shut the door and she's like, "Hey, we need to talk about you now," and I'm like, "What are you doing, Becky? Like, <laughs> what's going on here?" And <laughs> ironically enough, like she was right. Um, I was at some some pretty low low points, but I don't think I was fully willing to admit it to myself um, at that time, how how bad off I was. Um, like I was training for a half marathon at the time and exercising like mad. And she's like, you're doing all the things naturally you can do to take care of yourself. And she's like, you're just, you're not, you're not well. I knew I wasn't, wasn't great, but didn't want to fully like acknowledge I think that the depths that I had had gotten because you're the principal, you're in charge of everything. Like you got to have your crap together and I'm a dad and I have three kids and um, I, I consider myself a pretty strong Christian faith. And like, I should be able to like process through all this. And if I'm doing the right things, everything will be okay. And um, that wasn't the case. And, and I'll, I'll never forget. There was a moment um it was, it was something, something silly. Like I just gotten a silly email from a parent um, about being upset about something. And, and like I said, I didn't get a lot of them, but this one just, I'm like, doesn't matter what I'm going to do. 
there's always going to be someone un unhappy with me. And but I vividly remember thinking, I can drive right now into that tree and everyone will be happier if I do that. Like, everyone will be happier at school. My family will be happier. Everyone will be happier if I do this. Um, and I, I still, I can still remember on the road that tree that I was looking at thinking, I'll unbuckle my safety belt and I'm just going to drive right there. And that's going to take care of everything for me. Like that's going to solve, it's going to solve all the problems. Um, even though I knew, like, you know, logically now how stupid that is to think when you're in that moment, when you're that not, not thinking clearly, you just think this is a viable solution to everybody's problems, to this one parent that's upset with me, to maybe some some staff issue that they won't have to worry about me anymore to my family like to myself like it's never going to get better i'm never going to get better this is always going to be the way it is let's just be done um and that was i mean that was really even before like my breaking point like that that had happened not that long after um and it's just little things again it's not like there's all this horrible stuff happening but when you're constantly taking the weight of other people and you're constantly experiencing it. And, and now I call it like secondhand trauma. Like I don't, I don't think I put a name to it back then. Um, but just that weight of other people and not really knowing how to appropriately process through that. Um, started seeing a counselor. Um, it took me another eight, nine months to get a medication. And I, I don't have a problem talking about medication anymore. I used to be really like, I don't want to talk about that, but now I'll talk about it all day. Like get on meds like that. That was a life changer for me. Um, but there's another time that I, I legitimately, I tried to step out into traffic in the family vehicle. Like I was late getting home from something because it had been a, a, a nut day at school. I went to go get a haircut because I needed a haircut and a haircut took longer than expected. So I was late to a family dinner and I'm with my wife in the car. My three kids are in the back of the minivan. And I vividly remember being at a stop sign and be like, you know what? Forget it. Like, forget it. Let's just be done. And I tried to open the door and I was going to step out in traffic and just, just be done. And the door wouldn't open. It would, it would not open. And my wife's like, what are you doing? And I'm like trying to like open the door because I just wanted so bad for the, the the pain, the anger, the confusion, the I can't make everybody happy. I can't, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't stop all those thoughts. I couldn't stop all those, those feelings. I couldn't, couldn't get it all together. So I'm just going to be done. And that was the, the second, second time. Um, and had that door opened, I, I would have stepped out like I was fully committed like I'm this is what I'm doing and later when I finally like was more willing to talk to my wife about it she's like you would have done that in front of the kids and I remember thinking that wasn't even on my mind like that wasn't that was not in my head of they're right here gonna see this it was everyone will be happier I won't disappoint people life will be better if you do this um, again now I look at that and I'm like why in the world? Like, how do you get to that point? But you're not thinking logically when, when you're in that moment thinking 
the only way out is is to be to be out. I mean, going six, eight months later, I started getting a medication. Um, I would say things maybe got a little bit better overall. And, and part of it was boundaries. I started to learn to create at work. Um, started working with a, 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 a leadership coach. Um, that all, that all helped. Um, it was not long after that. I mean, pandemic was in full swing and I'm sure that didn't help it at all. Uh, being the principal in a pandemic, um, when everything's chaos, like that in of itself does not help anything. Um, but again, it's just that, that constant, that, that weight, that intensity, that pressure that no one else is experiencing when you're experiencing, um, but going kind of fast forward a little bit and, and a lot of just kind of surviving. And, and one of the things I actually started to do from, um, from the therapist was I started journaling my day. And like, so I had, I had right next to my bed, I called it like my brain dump journal. Um, and I can go back right now and I can look back to, to late 2018. Um, and I can see just, it's almost like the, the wailings of my mind of how horrible and miserable I am. And like every month, boom, 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 boom. Uh, and you just kind of power through it and you get through it. And then I started um, doing daily journals. Like I started rating my days and like, maybe this will help me realize that not every day is bad, that there's good days. And like, I can see some positive trends over the course of time because there are good things happen. Like I said, we were doing some great stuff in the school. And, um, but when I look back on that now, man, like, a lot of zeros, a lot of ones, a lot of negatives. Um, but since I since I, I left being a principal, I've had nothing but twos. I've had nothing but like things happen at the right time and the right reason. Um, so, I mean, there, there's more. I, I can keep going if you want, or I can I can pause for a minute if you have any questions. But um, it is it is a six year journey. <laughs> That's. And again, thank you for the willingness to share. How I'm curious, how did your counselor know, your school counselor know that something was going on? She had that close the door moment. Yeah, she she goes, Trevor, I can see you're 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 doing everything you think you're supposed to do, and it's still not it's still not changing your what your, your mood. And so she says, I can see when you you know how to flip the switch on as a principal and like step out of your office, like okay, I got it all together. And she could physically see me do that. Like she could see me. She said, I can see you in your office. You look miserable. But as soon as you step out the door, you throw that smile on and you pull your shoulders back. And it's like, all right, it's time. Um, and you just learn to do that as a principal because you can't be the one walking around all gloomy as a principal. Um, no, no one wants to see that. And so, because um, her office was right across mine and we had big windows so you could see through all the time. And she was like, I can see I can see you when you're by yourself in your office. I can see your head down. I can see your um, just brow furrowing. <laughs> yeah. But as soon as you step out, it's all right, let's go. Let's go be a principal. Um, but she said, it's not, it's not real. It's not real. Um, so as good as it was, is it trying to, trying to fake it? Um, things weren't, weren't really, <laughs> were not going well uh, overall for me. Yeah, and I know you've you've collaborated with a lot of other administrators and educators. How how singular do you think your story is versus how much do you think a lot of administrators feel the same? Maybe not to the extent that you did, but what what's your I guess what's your awareness of how others are doing too? So, 
and, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking through how much to share with that one because I, I probably know more. Um, I, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Um, and, and, and you know this from the work you do, but um, let's just say since, since I decided to leave in July of this year, there's more than I can count that have come up and said, how did you do it? What do I need to do? How do I, how do I make it out? Um, and, and there's a part of me, Eric, that, that that's, that's very discouraging. That's very discouraging because I don't want to be a, um, a poster child for how to leave the principalship. Um, I want other people to have success. And I know there's a lot of principals that have figured it out, have figured out the balance of how to be darn good at your job, but how to have boundaries. Um, I, I didn't. I thought I could. I thought I could figure it out. I thought if, if I went to enough workshops, if I read enough books, I mean, the sheer number of books I read to help me kind of navigate that piece is, is through the roof. I mean, podcasts, books, conversations, coaches, like I, I remember specifically when I was at the NASSP um, awards event, like surrounded by 50 plus the best principals in the country. And um, it's actually the day that I, I started my journey into esports was that night. And I'm sitting at this event uh, in Washington, D.C., and I remember thinking to myself, I'm surrounded by the best in the country. And if I can't get it figured out with these folks, then it truly is not ever going to get better. Like, if, if this group can't help me figure it out, then it didn't happen. And so I ended up leaving, leaving the workshop and going up to my hotel room, um, calling my wife, praying, reading a little bit of scripture, and I fell asleep. And uh, I had the weirdest dream where I was walking across a bridge that was made of glass. And so I kept falling through the bridge because I couldn't see the holes in the bridge and I could never get across the other side. And I wake up to a text from my friend, Kristen, who little did I know was going to, within the next like 24 hours, completely alter my life um, and start me on a new path to work with schools through esports. Um, had no intention of that, had never planned on that. Like I said, I was getting ready to open up a new middle school. Um, but that text from Kristen saying, where are you at? We need to talk. And then there in line, the conversations that were coming um, changed everything. And, and, and I wasn't looking for a change. Um, I hadn't planned on a change, um, but everything lined up in my life. All those prior experiences, um, all the, the pressures made me go, it's time to do something different. Um, either either I do something different or something's something's not going to go well with me. There's going to be a snap moment for me. Um, and I don't want to be that that principal who has a snap breakdown moment because he can no longer um, learn to turn that smile on um, and get back to it. Um, yeah, like when you're by yourself and all you want to do is cry and all you want to do is like curl up and say no, but you know you have to open the door, put a smile on, and go serve your kids. Um, you know you got to be willing to make a change, and and I, and I wasn't willing to have a breakdown in a way that impacted my school and impacted my building. And I'd rather step away before that happened, before I got bad for my kids or bad for my for my building. I needed to walk away. And a a lot of a lot of kind of the the sentiment behind what you're sharing is there's the expectation of what you had versus the reality of what it was actually like. 
So I heard you, like you talked about not being one of those people referring to social media principles who seemed like they had it all together. So in your mind, you had the expectation of this is what success looks like. In your own mind, you're, you're balancing, you're counteracting that with, well, here's what's going on in my head. How much of it for you was this? I had this, this vision of what I want this to be, what I need this to be for myself, what I'm able to give versus what you felt like was actually possible. There's the, I, I will say, I, I think there's an increasing amount of expectation on school leaders that's not realistic. Um, as, as school leaders are expected to be the instructional professional, the school manager professional, the community liaison, the innovation guru, like I think the sheer number of things principals are expected to do is not realistic. Um, and, and I think principals by nature are, are high achieving people who, who will find a way to get everything done because that's what they're supposed to do. Um, as opposed to, and we always talk about delegate, delegate, delegate. Well, that's great. But at the end of the day, the buck stops with you, the principal. And the principal is one of the superintendents calling when something doesn't work. Um, if a student discipline issue goes awry, it's the principal. If a community issue, it's the principal. If an instructional issue, it's the principal. So as much as we say delegate to somebody else, and I had phenomenal people around me, um, but it wasn't going to be them standing in front of the superintendent if things didn't go well. It was going to be you, the principal. So because of that, you better have your fingers and your hand on everything. And you better know what's going on. You better have um, pretty good, pretty good grasp of it, which comes to some intensity. And so even though you know that when you see what other people are doing, you're thinking, how are they pulling it off? Like, how are they pulling it off a flawless, discipline free school? How are they pulling off a school that's super innovative and having no discipline issues? How are they pulling off staff that are super happy with each other and everybody gets along and no discipline issues and great, great scores? And like, there's that, how in the world am I going to do all of this? Like, there's, 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 this isn't, this isn't happening. Um, so it's almost like you feel like you get one thing going really well. Like I feel like we had some incredible instructional things going. Well, then like there's some school discipline issues. Like, God, oh, jeez, <laughs> what in the world? Like, wh where do I go to try to get all of this figured out? Um, and all those different elements to come together to be successful because I, I sure couldn't figure it out. So that's kind of what led me to stop following some people on on, on Twitter and Inst I don't, don't even use Instagram, but like. Okay, I don't know how they're doing it, but I I, I got to quit comparing myself to that person because I I can't figure it out. Yeah, I'm a I'm a small business owner myself, and I've there's a, a a guy close to me whose name is Max Yoder. Max was the founder of a company called Lessonly, which is learning management software, but for sales led organizations mm -hmm. and customers. So it's very much in the business world, sales and customer support. He wrote a book, and in that book there was a a chapter about how most people think whenever you solve a problem, the problem's always gone. Let's say you have 15 problems. You check the box, you have 14 problems left. That's never the case because humans are dynamic and something else is going to take its place. Yep. So I remember reading that thinking that's exactly right. So as I try to build my own company, for example, I might figure out one thing and be like, okay, now we're making progress. We have something else going on now. And then something else always takes its place. Yes. So with that understanding, and you've experienced it yourself, if you were to go back and talk to yourself six, seven, eight years ago and say, Trevor, you're going to be an amazing principal. In fact, one day you're going to be a digital principal of the year, but keep this one thing in mind. 
what would that one thing be? What would that one piece of advice you would go back and tell yourself? Yeah, I, I remember, um, I think being okay with not being perfect, like being okay with progress occurring and not, and not always being perfection. But even with that, this one of one of the best books I read. It's called uh, "Winning the War in Your Mind," just about like the thoughts drive your actions, and and the things you think are the things you'll ruminate on. So so put the things in your mind that are going to be positive and beneficial. And it's it's very practical in a lot of ways. Um, but with that, like don't beat yourself up over small small losses. Um, I very much would beat myself up over small losses. Um, even just simple little things in the hallway, like dumb stuff, like kids not making the right decision, um, being okay with being okay with things not being perfect. I think that would be the thing that I look back on, and, and I, I wish I'd done a better job of um, being okay with that um, and celebrating celebrating the things that are going well versus allowing myself to ruminate on those little things that weren't going well. Is there a, and you may not have an answer for this, but is there a strategy to actually do that? Because it's <laughs> like, so it's one of those things that you think back and say, if only I could, you know, not fill up my brain with the negatives, if I filled it up with the positives instead, like that's a great thing to say, but how do you actually make that a reality? Especially because so many people listening are school leaders who are those type A personality that understand the buck stops with them. They are the principal, they're the superintendent, HR leader, like it all falls down to them. So what does that look like in action? And if you don't know, that's totally fine as well. So the 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 journaling is is that's why I started the journaling was to try to help see the like overarching pattern over time. And so that way I could look back and see that yes, there's a bad moment, but overall things are going pretty well. Um, and the reality is for most people, it is. Like you definitely you're gonna have those those high low moments and that's okay. Like that's, that's life. Like you're, you're not going to go outside that. Um, it's, it's, it's silly and illogical to think differently. Um, what, what I would continue to, to, to encourage people with is who you surround yourself with and being willing to be more, more open to talk about the, the significant challenges you're facing and not even that I needed someone to solve the problem. Um, I feel like I had really good people around me to solve the problems. But when you feel like you're the only one doing it, when you feel like you're you're alone, or you feel like the leadership is expecting you to figure it out the first time, and you better not screw that up, um, that's an even more lonely feeling. Um, I I had I had friends and colleagues I could lean on, um, and I still do. Like some of the the principal friends I made are still close principal friends to this day. Um, but I wasn't always as, as open with them about the challenges that I was experiencing. Um, and it wasn't until the last couple of years that I was more willing to talk about the, my own emotional turmoil I was experiencing because I was embarrassed by it. I was embarrassed that I couldn't, couldn't keep my own, my own head straight. Uh, because again, as a principal, like gotta put that smile on, I got it all put together. I'm going to shoulder back, chest up. I got this. Um, you don't ever want to be viewed as someone who doesn't have it all together, but, um, the reality is you don't. And the longer I tried to do that, I think the further, the further from, okay, I, I became until kind of my own breaking points. The word embarrassment that you use, you felt embarrassed. That's such a strong word because it's, it's internal, 
in, inferiority. Like I'm, I'm not good enough to be able to do this. Yeah. One of the lessons I learned, this was probably seven, eight years ago by now it's IR theory. So everybody has an identity. Everybody has a role. The identity is who you are as a person. And then the role is the different hats that you wear. So I'm a principal, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a brother, I'm a community member, whatever. So trying as much as possible to keep in mind, I feel like as a principal, I'm a six right now, or I'm a four, but that's just the hat that I'm wearing at Mm. this moment. Once I leave school, it's not always easy to put that hat away, but once I leave school, okay, I have to remember, I have to make a conscious decision to say, I'm putting my principal hat down and now I'm putting on my dad hat. Now I'm putting on my husband hat. And again, it's one of those things that's easier to say than actually do. But being cognizant of, okay, I'm feeling really bad. I'm feeling embarrassed right now. The only part of me that's embarrassed is myself in this role of principal right now. I have value in lots yeah. of other places. It, it, it's and, and like you said, so easy to think that. And then you like go to the grocery store and you run into a, a student or you run into a parent. And you're like, whoop, nope, there it is again. We're all, we're all, it's like spaghetti. Like it's all intertwined together. Um, when, when my wife and I were, um, going through marriage counseling, uh, before we got married, we read a book called uh, men are like waffles. Women are like spaghetti. Um, which I used to believe that, but anymore, I don't kind of the idea that like Ben can compartmentalize their lives and women, everything's intertwined. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm just much spaghetti going on upstairs. Um, but so, so back to what you said though, I really tried to create boundaries myself. Like I, I I'm going to unfollow some people on social media. Um, I'm going to turn my email off and I'm not going to respond to emails. Or I'm not going to check my emails at night. That way, like when I get home, I can be, be present as a dad. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to take some breaks and like, I'm going to try to create these, these boundaries. Um, but what I came to find, and, and, and I'm sure there's those that do a better job of it than I ever did is the, the job is so so constant and when you're and this is something you realize too like when you're engaged in people's lives at a deeper personal level you're going to take on their life as well and so for me as a principal it was getting that text from a teacher in the afternoon or evening or getting a text from a parent who is having a situation with their child they needed support and advice on so i i do think part of that was my own doing and being willing to um like allow myself to be involved in, in people's lives at a, a um, an emotional level as well, like trying to be a support for a staff member going through a, a marital situation or a staff member going through a like a job or career or life. Like when you get involved in people's lives, you get involved in people's lives and lives don't stop at five o'clock. Um, there's issues continue or even, I mean, we had, we had one month where we had six students attempt to take their life. Uh, six sixth grade girls, sixth grade girls, and this is when I was on spring break, and like you can't, you can't not address it. You can't not be involved as the school leader at that point. Um, and then even for me personally, like when I had a situation happen where my my when I lost my best friend unexpectedly, I, I tried to take some time off. But the day I try to take time off, I have to call the superintendent and I'm on the phone with the board of education president and I'm calling a parent. And and that was the moment to me that said, you can't ever fully get away. Um, but again, I know there are those that can, but that's the thing that I, I'd encourage people to go back to is create such hard boundaries that you don't allow yourself to be 
utilized outside of that working day. But education's hard to where it's so intertwined. Um, that hat is, it's, it's always there. Um, but I do think I could have reduced the number of hats I wore at school, um, spread out more of that within staff in the building, um, utilizing more of the, the experts I had on some of those areas and not feeling like it truly was all my responsibility. Yeah, let's transition a little bit, Trevor, just because I, I know you work in esports now, which is quite the transition from principal of the year through the NASSP to esports within a very short amount of time. I know it was unexpected for you. Can you talk about what you're doing now and the impact that you're making? Yeah. So the work I do now is with, um, we're called Generation Esports. We do um, tournaments, esports tournaments for kids. So which is, is kids competing uh, within games like Rocket League and Valorant and um, Fortnite uh, on a competitive level with other schools across the country. And so that's like half of what we do is, is help help students find um, and create build teams within their high school and middle school um, environments. And so just like a kid plays on the school basketball team or volleyball team, we help schools build and create their esports team. So a student can be on a, a esports team within their school. Uh, and the other half of what I do and really in conjunction is we, we work with and create a curriculum um, that is a full, um, full year's worth of curriculum. We have multiple pathways all related to esports. So cybersecurity, shoutcasting, broadcasting, how to build gaming PCs, and it's, it's standalone classes. Uh, so much like going to a Spanish or a family consumer science class, you would go to a esports gaming concepts class in which a student's going to learn uh, some more of those transferable skills uh, that esports teaches. Um, I'm not someone that plays games. I never was. As a principal, I was very opposed to it, very opposed to it. Um, but the best thing about this, this role and really what made me be willing to take the job was um, I met kids and parents and school leaders who have embraced esports, And they told me the stories of kids that were like, they, they would say like the hoodie kid or the kid that didn't want to come to school because school meant nothing to him. And all of a sudden he's on an esports team and now he's all jacked up for school and can't wait to get to school because there's something at school for him. Um, hearing those stories made me go, oh, maybe I need to reevaluate. Um, why I'm so opposed to video games. And um, so, yeah, now now I, I every day work with schools to help build their esports teams and implement curriculums and support them along the way. And um, opportunity still to go to schools and work with school leaders. Um, it's been it's been it's been incredible. Been incredible. That's great. That's great. So at the end of our episodes, we'd like to have guests share celebrations, something great that's happening in their lives. What's a celebration that you've experienced recently? Um, well, it's actually, it's a student named Richard um, that I had an opportunity to, to meet. I was in New York City over the, this last week, uh, and I met a student named Richard who's a part of the esports club. And like, it just, the celebration being it validated that esports can be so good for kids. And so he mm -hmm. was that kid that um, head down, didn't want to be at school. He had a, an incredible teacher. Um, and, and I've met so many teachers the last few months that like, they are celebrating kids through esports. So uh, Richard is my celebration, uh, getting to meet Richard. Now he's the, the president of the esports club. He's on the swim team. He's going to go to college on an engineering scholarship and he fully attributes it to being a part of his school's club. And so, so whether it's underwater basket weaving, esports, whatever it is, um, the celebration being when kids get plugged into school and something they love, it, it, it changes their trajectory. Yeah, that's great.
And what's one action or strategy you want school leaders listening today to take back into their own buildings? Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's their own their own willingness to be okay with things not being perfect, mm-hmm. and and be okay with um, there being those those highs and lows. Uh, and don't be afraid to talk about it. Don't be afraid to acknowledge that um, you need some assistance, uh, and don't be afraid to reach out for help. Don't, 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 don't shoulder that burden by yourself. One thing I've learned is if you're willing to ask for help, people are more than willing to give help without judgment, without Correct. looking at you differently. In fact, it turns the table a little bit and says, okay, I know my leader is approachable. Now I feel like I can be more approachable. I don't feel like I have to have all the answers. So you're actually modeling that as a leader if and when you do ask for help. Yes. Yes. Yep. So. So Trevor, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way of them doing that? And I'll include this in the show notes as well. Yeah. I mean, you're more than welcome to email me, trgertson at gmail.com. Like, can you put my email address in there? I don't even give people my phone number, honestly. Um, I've had, I've had folks text late at night and, and um, just uh, sometimes you just need an ear. But uh, Twitter, you can find me on gertson underscore edu. On LinkedIn, it's it's Trevor Gertson. I'm not the hockey player from Canada, though, when you search for Trevor Gertson. So um, follow me there, message. Um, yeah, so email, text, Twitter. That's that, and, and I do Facebook. It's more personal stuff, but my Twitter is very much a professional account for me. Um, sure. No do anything else. No TikToking, um, no Snapchatting, none of that stuff. So. I appreciate you very much. And thanks for sharing today and, and for providing kind of the permission for people to go ask for help because sometimes we feel like we're not able to. So hearing your story today really reinforced to me my own need to go out and ask for help whenever I need it. I hope others hear that as well. So thank you very much. All right. Appreciate the time. If you haven't yet today, go thank an educator for all they're doing for us. This has been the Employee Experience and Education Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and don't forget to leave a review. Thanks and have a wonderful day.